Hello, and welcome back to the Everyday Trainer Podcast. My name is Meg, and I am a dog trainer. So today, I want to talk to you about six things that you can do right now, right this second, with zero equipment that will make your relationship with your dog better. So sit back, grab yourself a tasty drink, and I'll meet you back here to talk about dog stuff. Hello and welcome. Um, my tasty drink of choice today is a lemoncello um, LaCroix. So hopefully you've got yourself something tasty. So on today's episode, since it's the second episode and the last one, I really just talked about myself the whole time. I really wanted to give you some actionable steps that you can do today right now that is going to change the relationship you have with your dog. Now, depending on where you're at in your dog training journey, these might be just like, oh, duh. Um, But these are things that I see owners not doing that I suggest they start implementing when we start working together. So these are just little things that you can do throughout your day, throughout your weeks with your dog that will begin to strengthen your relationship. Um, You'll get a little bit more engagement from your dog. And yeah, if you're struggling with behavioral issues, this, these are some like, first steps that you can take uh, before you dive too deep into training. So this does not require any tools, no prong collars, no e-collars, nothing. All you need is your dog, some food, and a leash. So let's go ahead and jump right into those. So the first thing that you can do is use your dog's food for their training. Um, So if you have a young dog, you probably used a lot of treats to get them to do sit and down and all of their obedience commands. But I want you to kind of carry that over to adulthood. So having our dogs work for their food is actually really important. It fulfills something in them that is so natural. Um, Our animals and people are really, we're meant to work for our food. Like they're not just meant to get a silver bowl slid over to them without any mental stimulation or any energy input to get that food. And so you may find that if your dog is getting fed from a bowl every day, they're, they're a little bratty, maybe a little bit spoiled. So teaching your dog to work for their food teaches them that they have to put in some sort of effort to get that food reward. So you can do this with your dog's daily food instead of feeding them from a bowl. And if you do it every single day, I am going to be completely honest with you. I do not, but I did for a period of time because I wanted to see like what it would do to the relationship with my dog. And 
it drastically shifted my relationship with my dog because it made us that much closer. Instead of me just sliding her a bowl of food, I was really engaged with her. We did something really fun together and she got to work for her food and I just saw her light up. And this is Lucy. She's my younger golden retriever. She loves working for her food you can tell I'm just like doing something that really fulfills her and she just, she loves it. She loves having that purpose. So if you have never tried feeding your dog by hand, go ahead and give it a go. They might not take the food right away. Um, but one thing that I do if I'm trying to teach a dog to work for its food I, is I will only feed them during those training sessions. So if you feed your dog twice a day, then you can have two training sessions about 15 to 20 minutes each. They don't have to be anything crazy. Measure out your dog's food, have it in a bowl next to you. Um, so like I'll do our training sessions in the driveway and I'll set the bowl on top of the car and just fill my pockets with food. And then we'll do some training there. So training for us was, um, we work on sit and down and down stays and come basically just anything that your dog knows, get them excited, get them working for their food and you'll see a drastic shift in their demeanor. Like it just fulfills our dogs to have them work for their food. So just have the piece of food in your hand, call your dog over towards you. As soon as the dog starts moving towards you, yes, good job. Give them that piece of food. So do that with the rest of their breakfast. If you find that they are maybe not as enthusiastic towards like the middle of your training session, then just go ahead and cut it off. So you don't want to keep the training sessions too long to where the dog doesn't really want to do it anymore. You want to end the training sessions when the dog wants more, when they want to keep doing it. So if that is five minutes in and you didn't get to give the dog all of their food, that's fine. Just give them their food after the training session. And then they'll have another opportunity later on at dinner to work again. So start off slow, start off with like five minutes if the dog can't handle 10. Um, and then gradually work your way up. You can do longer training sessions, you can do different things. So one thing that Lucy and I just started doing was teaching middle, which is essentially the dog goes between your legs and looks up at you. So I first used her food to teach her middle, I just kind of put the food in my hand and then guided her between my legs, I would give her a piece of food as soon as she was between my legs. And then I started asking for eye contact and then we started walking with the middle. So you can just kind of progress within the training from there. So use your dog's food for training. It's something that you have in your house already. You don't need to buy special treats. Just teach your dog to work for their food. They'll be super fulfilled. I promise. All right. Number two is practice doing nothing together. So doing nothing is doing something. I would say a majority of the owners that I work with are people who love their dogs so much and they never want to be away from them when they're home. 
Um, they always feel bad for not entertaining them enough. But the issue with that is if you don't teach your dog how to sit still, they're not going to be able to do it. So if you want to be able to take your dog out to a restaurant or, I mean, pretty much just go anywhere with your dog, you have to teach them how to be able to just sit still and hang out. So practice doing nothing with your dog. What does this look like? Simply have your dog on a leash next to you and put them in a down have your foot on that leash and do something. Watch TV, write some notes, write in your journal, do a podcast, whatever it may be. Just hang out there with your dog. You could also do nothing. It wouldn't hurt you. Just saying, just saying we all need a little time to just sit and do nothing. So have your dog in that down. Start off with 20 minutes. Then the next time you can do 30, then gradually work your way up to like an hour. But basically just sit there with your dog, do nothing. And if they go to get up, just guide them back into the down position again. So if your dog isn't used to sitting still, this is going to be very, very difficult for you and you're not even doing anything. So if sitting still is really hard for your dog, then you need to do more of it. So start off slow, start off in an area with not very many distractions, most likely your house. And then you can gradually increase to areas with higher distraction. So go to a park nearby and just sit on a bench and put your dog in a down and have them get used to just watching the world go by and not having to really interact with it. Um, and then you can gradually increase to more distraction areas. So take them to a restaurant, take them to the farmer's market, just practice doing a down in as many places as possible. And your teacher and you will teach your dog to just sit back and hang out and watch the world go by. All right. Number three, this one is probably going to get me in trouble, but I'm going to say anyways, give your dog less affection. Again, this is another thing that I see with so many owners is you're basically rewarding your dog for doing nothing all day long. If you're just constantly giving your dog affection, then you're just rewarding your dog for literally nothing and you're devaluing your own affection. Um, so for my dogs, I'm not going to say that I don't ever pet my dogs or I don't like give them affection. I do, but my boyfriend is actually allergic to dogs and he can't even touch dogs. So I got to see from him firsthand what happens when we don't give dogs affection. And guess what? Literally nothing bad happens. Like your dogs don't need affection. You've probably trained your dog to need affection and to like try to get affection all the time. I know that I've trained my dog to do that and whoops. Now she like shoves people to pet her, but it's just that we, we, we let her do her thing. So 
If you are struggling with your dog and you have behavioral issues, ooh, we got some thunder. You really need to limit your affection. And I'm not going to say it's because your dog hasn't earned it, but it's really because your dog hasn't earned it. So if you have a bad dog, if you have a reactive dog, stop petting your dog all the time. Stop petting your dog if you're trying to calm them down. That doesn't work. What you pet is what you get. So if you come home and your dog is super amped up and you're like, yes, yes, and you start petting them, you are rewarding that behavior. So whatever state of mind your dog is in when you give them affection, that is the state of mind that you're rewarding and that you're telling your dog that you want to see more of. So use your affection sparingly. And, uh, yeah, use it for situations where like your dog is being good and you want to pet them. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, yeah, just limit your affection. Don't constantly give your dog affection all the time. It makes you a lot less meaningful. All right. Um, the next one, go for a walk together. Dear God, if you don't do anything with your dog, at least walk them. Now, I'm not going to say what kind of specific walk, but a structured walk is really ideal here. So a structured walk is essentially your dog is at heel. There's no sniffing, no lunging, no stopping, no barking. Basically, they have to walk at heel, walk at your pace, and just kind of hang out with you. So don't walk your dog like 10 feet out in front of you. All that is doing is communicating to your dog that they are kind of leading the way and they're in charge. So walk your dog every single day. Walking does a few things with your dog. First of all, it properly socializes them. So it's really important to get your dog out of the house. If you have a little hermit dog, then anything is going to set them off. If they never see other people or if they never see other dogs or hear loud cars or the garbage truck, when they do hear those things, they're going to panic. So instead of developing all of these fears, if you take your dog for a walk around distractions, then you're socializing them. You're teaching them how to interact in the world, how to be calm around just regular daily life things. Uh, the second thing is it also obviously physically exercises your dog. So many dogs that I work with are not getting enough exercise. I'm going to say that again. Almost all of the dogs that I train and work with do not get enough physical activity. And I'm sure people, it's the same. So obviously our dogs need physical activity. They need to exercise. It keeps them fulfilled. It keeps them healthy. It makes them live longer. Just so many benefits to exercising your dog. Um, it also, it, it's not the answer to your behavioral problems, but it's a piece of the puzzle. So if you're having behavioral problems, um, ask yourself, am I fulfilling my dog's physical needs? Am I fulfilling their exercise needs? 
it depends on the dog. If you have a small dog, they typically don't need as much. Um, it depends on the breed of dog. You know, do you have a working dog? Do you have an Aussie a dog, like a farm dog, a herding dog? Like what was your dog bred to do? And can you do some sort of like physical exercise to mimic that? So no matter the breed of dog, walk your dog. It's going to benefit them. It's going to benefit you. And I have this in my notes, but go for a walk without your cell phone. Like if you're walking down the street with your dog and you're just on your phone the whole time, first of all, why would your dog want to hang out with you if you're just on your phone the whole time, not paying attention? Why would they want to follow your lead? They don't. So get off your phone, pay attention to what your dog is paying attention to, listen to what they're hearing, take in the fresh air, you know, just enjoy the walk together. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, just 20 minutes a day. And I guarantee you'll see a big difference in your dog. All right. What number are we at now? Um, number five. Ah, this is another one that's probably going to get me in trouble, but get your dog off the furniture. Um, it's not necessarily about the furniture in this case, as much as it is about setting boundaries with your dog. So it's really important to have boundaries with our dogs, because if we don't, then they will become these like rude, pushy little monsters, and you're not really preparing them for society. Like imagine if your parents had no rules and you could do whatever you wanted at any point, you would go out into the world and be a literal monster. Like people would hate you. <laughs> so you need to prepare your dog for life. Um, this is really big for me. I don't allow my dogs on the furniture for a few reasons. The first one is that my boyfriend is allergic to dogs and I have two golden retrievers. They would coat the couch in dog hair and he would die. So we can't do that. Um, the next thing is I want to be able to take my dogs to other people's houses and them not be complete assholes and jump all over people's furnitures, furniture. Um, yeah, I think that one is pretty self-explanatory, but, um, the other part of that is it just, it sets boundaries with your dog. Like it's just one thing, one area that you can say, Hey, no, I'm not going to let you up on the couch because you're a dog and I'm a person and it's good for us to have some boundaries with each other. So dogs that have no boundaries typically have behavioral issues. So if it's something as simple as not letting your dog on the couch, then please do it. By all means, set that boundary. Don't let your dogs on the furniture. All right. So my last one is learn to tune into your dog. So many times I've heard, oh, it came out of nowhere. My dog just launched out of nowhere. He just ran away out of nowhere. It wasn't out of nowhere. You just don't know the signs. You're just not educated enough. You don't pay close enough attention to know when your dog is going to go and do those things. Um, so I've been working with animals long enough that I can, I know when a dog is going to do something, when a dog is staring really intently when they start to get those wrinkles on their forehead, their head drops low. I'm like, okay, this dog is charging up. So 
tune into your dog and learn what their baseline is. So learn what their face looks like, what their breathing is like, uh, where their ears are, where their tails are, when they're just neutral, when they're at a good place, they're not stressed, they're not sleeping, they're just neutral, they're just existing. Get familiar with that baseline because then when the dog is starting to um, get out of that baseline, you're going to be able to pick up on it. So, okay, my dog's tail is going like straight up in the air and it's wagging really fast. That's not always a good thing. Um, Or my dog's hair on the back of her neck is standing up. What does that mean? You know, just pay attention to those little micro movements in your dog and learn, okay, so she's staring really intently at this kid. Um, she's probably telling me what she's going to do. You know, just learn what your dog is going to do. Learn what they show you what they're going to do. Um, and then that way you can prevent bad things from happening. Uh, you can help them with anxiety around certain stimuli or in certain situations. You know, you just have to be able to tune into your dog's emotions in order to be able to train them at all. If you have no idea what's going on with your dog, then you're just not going to be able to help them because you don't know if they're anxious or happy or fearful or sad. So, Every dog is different. Um, There are a few, obviously, like canine behavioral things that dogs will do. And I'm not really going to go into depth in this episode about that. But let me see. I have. Okay, so I have a book. It's called Dog Language, an Encyclopedia of Canine Behavior by Roger uh, Abrantes. So that's A-B-R-A-N-T-E-S. I probably butchered that pronunciation, but whatever. Um, So that book is really awesome because it's essentially just a picture book of dog's emotions and kind of explains like canine behavior. And um, it's really great. So if you don't really pick up on animal behavior too well, or it's not something that you're super familiar with, then I would suggest checking out that book and just kind of flipping through it. And it's really crazy because you read the book and you're like, oh my gosh, my dog does that. And then you read something else and you're like, oh my gosh, she does that too. She does all of these things. (laughs) So it's cool to be able to like read a book and then see it in person happening right in front of you. And you're like, wow, this book does really teach me things. So that is it. That's all I have for you today. Um, My six steps, six actionable steps that you can do with your dog. So to go over them again, the first one is use your dog's food for training. Number two, practice doing nothing together. Again, sounds super easy. It's not. Three, give less affection or give timely affection. Four, Go for a walk together, preferably without your phone. Five, no furniture or at least set some boundaries with your dog. And six, learn to tune in to your dog. So hopefully this will give you some things that you can practice at home with your dog. 
Um, and yeah, thank you again so much for tuning in. The fact that you're listening to this truly means the world to me. The fact that anyone would listen to this really means the world to me so again thank you so much for listening and i look forward to having you back here for the next episode (laughs) 